Welcome to another episode of Nerds. And uh, right now, Keith's eating steak, so he's going to jump in as as we go. Um, but y'all, I got a drink in one hand and steak in the other. And his dick in his mouth. <laughs> Um, if you want to see his dick, go to facebook.com forward slash nerds the podcast. <laughs> you can use that as our Twitch, uh, our uh, YouTube, and our Gmail. And our Instagram is nerd podcast. Um, today we're joined by a very special guest, fucking podcast royalty, one of the greatest podcasts of all time that he actually canceled on his own and shut it down. <laughs> Hey, what up? It's your boy, Ryan Mears. From the Comic Slobs, one of my favorite podcasts that, you know, they just left me in the void. Oh, man. You're the only one here right now, so I blame you. (laughs) (laughs) It is mostly my fault. I was like, man, I'm tired of this. (laughs) You were, you know, you were the the Keith of the Slobs. You know, you were trying to always wrangle everybody in. I understand that uh, it's a tough job. Yeah. Last night, Keith was trying to wrangle Brian in because we were in the middle of a match and Brian was on Discord screaming. <laughs> Dude, screaming. <laughs> screaming. And, like, it came down to uh, just, what, two teams or three teams? Yeah. And he's screaming, and I'm trying to listen to where I'm about to get pinned down to, and we got pinned. Oh, but, that's um, hilarious. Yeah. Keith was alone at that point I died, and then it was him versus, like, three, uh, two dudes from one team and, like, three from another. And he was just like... That was literally the worst possible time, Brian. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh man, I don't know, just remind him that he's got like a one-year-old sleeping upstairs. Oh, at, that some, normally gets... at some point, Senya walked in and was like, Brian, you're too loud. I heard her on <laughs> the Discord. <laughs> and he was like, no care ever. Uh, but yeah, we were playing Apex Legends, um, which uh, I'll get into my week if you want to hit the drop. Mm, drop? Is that it's it? It's been... <laughs> all right so uh aaron talked me into playing uh actually aaron and senya both talked me into playing um apex legends because uh, they know i'm a fan of these cartoony shooters like overwatch and um i'm having a good time i'm you know finally get to play with my friends because all my friends in overwatch left me you're part of the date uh, bio crew <laughs> Dude, i don't even know what that means but we, i'm in we believe in it and each other okay um but uh aaron i mean we played a couple times uh how am i doing you did pretty good i mean we're in when i play solo and my shitty elo because i have a kill death ratio of 0.25 meaning i get one kill every four deaths uh <laughs> i get put against shitty people so and you're new so you're gonna get put against you know lower level people so we just get you get to kind of like have an actual shot when i play with brian he's fucking awesome so his elo is really high i'm sure and we just get put against harder people so i get like i was saying yesterday like i literally see people and i'm dead like it's not you don't even have time to react if you see them most of the time you just get shot and then you're dead what system are you guys playing that on pc i also Ooh, master race yeah i play on ps4 too though but um i haven't played PS4. on ps4 i only yet. play on uh, pc he's a master race <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, Keith was doing good, except the first game, I was so mad at him and our other random teammate, because 
I died, and then I'm like, just go get my box. Just go get my death box. Just go pick me up. And they, I was watching my timer go down, and I'm like, just you know, just go run and you know, just go get it. And Keith's like, I don't know what you mean. I'm like, go to where my fucking picture is that's literally floating on your screen. But then I just quit. I didn't. No one told me that. Uh, like that, I do something with that. So you, when you get that, you go take it to the little green things on the map, and it'll re- resurrect you. Like they bring you back on another ship, and you get to jump down. I didn't recognize Ow. that you didn't know that. I mean, I did it during the instructions, but like I've rushed through the instructions because you were on, uh, you you were waiting for me in the game. So uh, I rushed through the instructions just to like yeah 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 yeah. Like I don't I didn't pay attention to anything that he said. So uh, when it comes time to play the game, I'm like, oh, wait, I actually needed those uh, instructions. Um, <laughs> but we had a lot of fun. We got teamed up with a guy uh, who was swearing that I was stealing all his skills. Uh, turns out you were. I mean, it, it wasn't intentional. Because like, I thought whoever did the most damage gets to kill, right? Like when the person dies, the person who did the most damage gets to kill. Because if you and down read- someone, it, you don't always get the kill when they die. No, no, you don't. But that's if you die in between, I guess. I don't know. It's annoying. If you kill someone, you should just get the kill. <laughs> if you down them, I think you should get the kill. Yes. Uh, but you did. You had like three kills. You had three kills in two games. I got three, one, and then I didn't have any kills. Uh, and you were talking shit the whole time. Well, the strategy is like, you know, I play uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. Is like when you're running with a team. Um, you guys want to attack that person as a team. I yeah. mean, it doesn't make sense to for you to just let it go one on one. You know, th- this isn't a fight between friends. This is you know you you know your team versus them. So what I was doing was that strategy. It was this guy was running out and he was like almost my bait. Um, I mean, he was good. He was really good and uh, he was running out and I would just shoot people from behind him, but they would focus on him, and then I guess I would kill them or down them or whatever and then uh he was getting mad about that but i had to revive him twice so he wasn't the greatest but he was fun to play with we won a couple matches uh yeah i think we got we got one win and we were in second place like three times yeah which i i take that as a win so what's funny is season two just started like a week and a half ago i have a total of i think 88 kills right lifetime 43 of those kills are this season (laughs) i have (laughs) seven wins five are this season so like i guess because i've been playing a little bit more often and like i learned that you don't have to aim down sights all the time just fucking hip fire on everybody all the time just spray and pray yep yep you'll get more kills so i call it uh i call it tappy tap where you just kind of tap the uh tap the mouse so you get a little bit less recoil yeah yeah if especially on a like a burst fire you should Fire, reorient, fire, reorient. You know what I mean? Because if you just keep firing, you're just going to be looking at the sky. So, Yep. Well, um, let me get into uh, my week without you, which is, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that I have a life without you, but I do. Um, Tetris Effect VR. I started playing this game um, on the VR. And, dude, it is it is immersive. Uh, well, like... And it's almost like a uh, like Tetris to the beat type thing, and it's I, I'm really liking it. You know, for a Tetris game, you know, it's it's Tetris, um, but like there's like there's a really good soundtrack. This takes full advantage of the VR uh, 
I don't, I don't know if you can wrap your head around it, but you know, it does take advantage of the VR uh, with Tetris, and uh, it gave me a reason to bust out my VR and for like twenty bucks, uh, worth it. I think you get it used for a little bit cheaper than that. But the way I bought it was I bought something else and I left it in my cart because I was looking at it, and then I forgot to take it out and I bought it on accident. Um, in the game world, I uh, I finally beat uh, Breath of the Wild. I, w- I ran through that last uh, that last not legendary. What the heck do you call them? Gar- uh, not guardians. What do you call the big the big monsters? Oh, guys? oh fuck the. Um, uh, anyway, I ran through that last one. Uh, he should have been the first one, w- which was like the lizard one. It would, yeah, I didn't know that there was an order. I feel like I definitely did not do them in the right order. I did the elephant first, and then. Well, yeah, I know the elephants. The elephants definitely first, but then I feel like you can just kind of do whichever one after that. I've, the only thing is, is, uh, is like it felt like it felt like in the order of the elephant, then the uh, bird, um, to then get to the camel, to then get to the uh to get to the lizard i did the lizard second so yeah see that's how weird that game is (laughs) it's a totally open world i went originally elephant i mean elephant's always first then because they just point you at it basically but yeah i went elephant sand world like desert world bird and then i never did the lizard the let me ask you keith did you hate the sand surfing part where you have to shoot the stupid feet while you're riding the stupid fucking thing and you have to stay under that chick you you prepped me on it. I thought it was super easy. I did it first try. Dude, I almost yeah. threw my Wii U controller, like, and I try not to get that angry, but god damn, that was annoying. The no. water one annoyed me the most, I think, out of all of those. No, so uh, I forget which one, but it was like the very fast Ganon uh, one that like comes at you. They they kind of don't explain anything to you, so like you take a lot of damage quick, and he's hard to hit. Um, but for that last one, I mean, it was, I keep saying the last one. All right. For the lizard one, it was, uh, it was super easy. And then from there, that Ganon fight was extremely easy. Um, what I didn't like though, was that like, after I beat the game, it doesn't let me free roam. Um, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong. It feels like I'm doing something wrong because I still have a bunch of side quests to do. Um, Guys, let me know if I'm doing something wrong. Email in, uh, comment. But uh, as soon as I beat the game, it rolls the credits and it takes me back to the uh, main menu. And then it asks me to load the game, but it loads it right before the Ganon fight. The Calamity Ganon fight. Yeah, it's weird. They should let you. I mean, unless the ending of the game is like, and now Link goes back to sleep forever. Goodbye. It's not, though. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um... I did want to play this and beat it before the new game. Even though that way we're not getting any details, but just so I could appreciate, you know, the trailer, understand, you know, kind of uh, where the new game could go. But dude, I love the game. If I had to give that game, it's, it's, it's a straight 10 out of 10. It deserves all the praise it gets. It's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot of things to do. Um, you know, I've, I sunk a lot of time in and usually I'm not RPG guy. Um, but, uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Oh yeah. I, I definitely recommend it. It's one of my favorite Zelda games. And, uh, if you're a fan of, of Skyrim or of any Elder Scrolls game, like this is kind of the Zelda game that is kind of close to that. 
That's yeah, awesome. It it's good. Um, it's great. Skyrim is a piece of shit, but uh, I would say <laughs> Breath of the Wild's better than Skyrim for me again because there's just more to get. There's just more reason to explore in Breath of the Wild. But I've already fucking said my piece on Skyrim a million times. I just it's a beautiful world with no reason to explore it. Like, yeah. None. Um, so I did check out Toy Story 4, um, and I'll just touch base on it real quick. It, it is uh, a very fun movie, uh, even for uh, adults. Um, I, l- I love the story. kind of tugs in the heartstrings a little bit. Um, and then it, you get an ending that you don't really ex- expect too much, uh, but it, it's a good movie. Does uh, Buzz and Woody have to fight to the death at the end? No, but uh, no. No, they're, they're clearly friends. So, the only thing is, is I totally missed Toy Story three, so I don't know what gapped in there. Dude, Toy Story three was sad. I remember crying at Toy Story three. Yeah, it was a bummer. But this movie, uh, kind of, it doesn't make you like it. If you missed any other Toy Story other than like the first one, uh, to figure out, you know, kind of what it's about, you, you know, you 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 could pick up right from where you know uh, wherever you left off. If you miss two or you miss three or, you know, it's 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 awesome. It's a well-written movie. I think even uh, Spoiler Steve gave it a high review. And that guy doesn't like the Warrior, so, you know, FM. Dude, he gave Midsommar a good review. I was like, oh, snap, because he hated Hereditary. So if you guys want to uh, check out some more movie re- uh, reviews, go check out Cena Cast podcast uh, where they review almost every movie that's ever been in a box office. Yeah, <laughs> they they review uh, shit from like 1980 sometimes, and you're like, I mean, okay. I know, I know. Um, I did check out Us. I know I'm a little bit late on this, but it was on my uh, my flight that I just took uh, back from Atlanta, and uh, I missed the last like 10 minutes of it. But Aaron filled me in because I really hated this movie. Um, surprise, surprise. I guess, uh, but I hated this movie because. The story didn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, it's um, the story is the weakest part of that film. I think it's so competently done, like directing, cinematography, acting, everything is really, really, really top notch. And then you just start thinking about the plot you're given, and you're like, "What the fuck am I? Even, like, what?" And this is really the only family that survived. I mean, they're not good at surviving, and they're no. surviving. And then, what? what why? Wh- what is the point of making the tethered? And then how does it even like they they over they over explain and don't explain? You know what I mean? Like they over explain on shit you don't care about, and they don't give you an actual reason they exist. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard to believe, you know, a, a reason why you know these bad things exist. So well, and just the fucking want- sheer kismet of the only special tethered girl. Being at the perfect place. Oh, I don't know if anyone's everyone's seen it. So Dude, just it's spoiler warning. Old. It's six months old. Is it? Oh yeah, but still, you know. Uh, I just I don't know the idea that there's these special tunnels that go under the whole world, which they tell you basically under every city. There's thousands of miles of tunnels, and they just magically exist directly underneath every single person, so their exact tethered clone can be underneath of them doing the exact same thing as them. What if you're in a car? You're going 80 miles an hour. Are they just running really fast? Is there like a tram they take? That's- not. 
Because remember, yeah, you see some of them on a roller coaster, and they're all just standing still, pretending to be on a roller coaster. So then, do they just exist in that facility? And if so, how? And if so, how did fucking Lupita Nyong'o get there? To you, you know what I mean? Like the idea that she just magically goes to the exact funhouse—that's the secret government entrance to the base for the fucking cloning experiment where her specific clone is magically imbued with the ability to get out of there. Like it's just the further away I was from it, the less I liked the story. I, I mean, get out is a, was a perfect film for me. I gave it a five on five. Us is like, it wants to be there, but I just, I didn't, I didn't know the story. Yeah, really I, shits this is going to get, you know, it, it, Everything about it, like the like you said, the acting, the cinematography, uh, the concept, even yeah, uh, you know, the concept. Uh, this would give you know a, a two out of five for me. Yeah, like all that stuff holds it up above you know what the story is worth. The story's like a one for me. Like it's because the more you think about it, the less sense. If it was just this one family had random doppelgangers and they hinted at like you know some kind of facility and maybe that there's other families. And it stems from that maybe Lupita Nyong'o's character uh, was, you know, someone that was near to this facility and they took some of her DNA. You know, something like that where it's like once they committed, then they had to do her whole family. Something you could be like, okay, the mystery is big enough that like I like it, but I don't need to know everything. And then if you're going to explain it, fucking explain all of it. And then the hands across America shit just it's just it's woof. I got an idea if if. For, for forget the car. If your doppelganger is uh is like if you're riding on a boat, right? Because there's a lot of boat scenes. What's going on under you? Exactly. Are they just running full speed under a tunnel six miles under the lake that you're in? Like what? Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't make the thing it is, doesn't make any sense. Are they stuck in the area that they're in? And if so, how are there billions of people under there? Because it's like it's pretty much asserts that every person has a tethered. Yeah, it Mears, does. Have you seen this? I'm sorry, I didn't even realize. Mirrors, have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. Uh, did uh, you... So Jordan Peele, I think, I think he's got a really good mind and like he has good ideas. I I will see his next film day day one, obviously, because I still think us is. It's like an auteur's movie, you know, like he 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 has all of the things needed to make a, an amazing movie. I just think he slipped up a little bit there in terms of the story. And I think I kind of maybe would give it less of a harsh criticism if I wasn't so in love with uh Get Out. So and we'll get there with Midsommar as well, which I'm going to be reviewing in a little bit. Okay. Um last thing I got is uh Euphoria, the new uh, HBO TV show uh, with uh, Zendaya. Uh, this is a really good show. Um, it's all about, um, you know, you kind of follow like Zendaya around and you get like a couple different stories about uh, these kids growing up in like, it looks like uh, California. And, uh, you know, they're, it's just a modern uh, take on, you know, what's going on with kids. And like, it's it's pretty accurate for the most part um you know they that definitely exaggerate uh if if you need birth control uh watch this show that's all i gotta say keith you're 
actively hanging out with teenagers, right? Like you still are currently hanging out with high school kids, going to their parties and stuff. Only on Apex Legends. <laughs> it's uh, I've seen the first episode. It's also really well done, like in terms of acting and and the cinematography is really good. Uh, the the use of music is nicely done. It's like it's a it's a really well made show. Uh, it's a little intense. Like I might just be old. It reminds me of Kids, the movie Kids when it came out. You know, like the kind of extreme exactly like version of what current teenagers are getting into. Yeah, it's kind of exactly like like you you hit it on the head. Uh, it's exactly like Kids. The the trans woman that's in uh, that's in the show. I really liked her scene in that first episode at the party though, <laughs> when the guys like flexing on her and she fucking whips a knife out like pulls a fucking kitchen knife and is like you know threatening him and he's and then he starts getting really scared and then she cuts herself and then she's just like oh i'm whatever i forget her name like i'm amanda by the way and then she's I'm like jules. yeah i'm jules by the way and then just leaves uh, i i really like that because like you can tell you know she's had a, a shit life and yeah has zero patience yeah but i mean this show is it's it doesn't uh make up the gap for game of thrones and it's not going to replace uh you know the um chernobyl show you know chernobyl is, is all done now um so but it is a good it's it's a good watch yeah and that's my week all right my week is all the shit we're going to be talking about anyways so um i played some path of exile um new season started i'm at level 60 something um that's been a lot of fun i made like a whirlwind guy so that because they added a they buffed one of the skills in the game that is the whirlwind skill and so it's like viable now so it's been fun uh played apex with keith and with the slobs well with slob brian slob greg and manga slob senya uh and yeah mirrors instead of a week you can tell us kind of like the shit you're into but you know give us, give, <laughs> i don't get to go over my whole week no no you can i just mean we oh, didn't really give you because i got I got to hang out with the slobs and we celebrated Slob Brian's birthday. That oh, was shit. like the first night of it. Uh, what else? Did I I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption online. I don't know if anybody plays, but you can find me at Comic Slobs on PlayStation 4 or PlayStation Network. So uh, I've been playing online trying to get daily challenges, but I'd really love to do some posse stuff on that. I don't know if anybody even plays. Have, have you guys tried any uh, that I game? Or- I haven't played online. I have Red Dead too. I just didn't play it. I didn't even beat that game. It was so slow, and I didn't care about anything going on. Oh, oh man, I loved it. The ending is well worth it. It was a great story at the end. Well, I started uh, to get into, um, you know, kind of the characters, but it takes a fucking while, man. I, it I does. Think it does take a while, and there's a there's a little bit of grinding that you have to go through. Oh. Uh, Online is an even slower grind. Like it's so much harder to get money online. Um, this reminds but, me of the conversation that me and you had about uh, Fallout Four, where uh, where you know you you love that game, but it's like a, it's just a lot of a lot of story, and you know it doesn't catch my attention as fast because you have to you know stay tuned to the story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and online is like that even more because it's just like character missions. There's no overarching story online. Yeah. It's just random strangers you can find. Um, I don't think you've been on Nerds, have you? I, I haven't been on what? Nerds. This is the first time. Yeah, no, yeah. this is the first time on this show. I've only been on the uh, the porn podcast. Yeah. That's why yeah, I was saying if you want to introduce yourself, just kind of tell people, you know, 
about you. I, you know, you don't have a podcast anymore. I mean, right. Rip and, rip well, and I guess to primarily, the yeah. When I'm not playing video games, I also this week I went to a wrestling show, so I'm into wrestling a lot. Uh, watching, just a fan, you know. Um, big big fan of, of upcoming AEW. I'm going to be at All Out uh, on Labor Day weekend. Um, but yeah, going to a lot of the Chicago Indies. Uh, but also comic books. Uh, my Wednesday, every Wednesday, I'm at the comic book shop uh, with my former podcast hosts, meeting up with Greg, and uh, you know, pick up a few comics here and there. If I had to recommend any, uh, it'd probably be uh, Paper Girls, uh, Ascender, and East of West. Right now, would be my my three favorites. Um, man, I was just gonna say something. I Shout out to Keith's Comics. Yes, oh. Keith's Comics, my favorite comic shop. Um, by the way, uh, Jesse uh, saw you at one of the AEW events that was on pay per view, and you know yes. I, I, I'd seen screenshots <laughs> of you, but you were like fucking dead center of every shot. <laughs> yes, I, I won those tickets in a raffle from uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, which is a Chicago store. But uh, but yeah, I, I happened to win those seats, and uh, so the first ever AEW pay per view. You can see me pop up on like all of those. It's it's really weird and jarring because I'm just like, oh yeah, I remember this, and they're like, oh shit, that's me right there, <laughs> marking, ruining, out, like, so excited. <laughs> yes, and he was he was saying he was like, and it was such a good event, like it was such a good night of yes. wrestling. He was like jealous. He he was yeah. It was just funny. He's like, I'm pretty sure fucking Mears was there. <laughs> like he was. Yes, uh, it, it was hilarious because for the next week, everybody, if they saw it, would just text me. They're like, dude, uh, I'm watching this and you are right there. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm fucking famous, dude. I'm a wrestler now. You didn't know? Keep watching. Now, no, at a certain no. point, they call me in and I fucking DDT somebody. <laughs> I hand him the chair I'm sitting on. Um, yes, uh, there are Comics Labs isn't hosted anymore, right? I, I looked it up there. I was going to go back <laughs> and listen. No, uh, I I wasn't paying Libsyn because I was just being cheap, and so I guess eventually they just like pulled everything down. It was left up for I don't know like six months or so, uh, but they emailed me recently. I think even Apple did too. Apple was like, "Oh yeah, the the uh, the feed is is uh, faulty, so it's gone now. So you you can't find it. It's just a ghost. It's just now. a ghost." Oh. I mean, not to not to wax nostalgic. I just you guys are funny, but now I'm just friends with all of you guys now. So I just I get my exactly. Yeah. You just have to be a little bit uh, more on the inside, and we still uh, every now and then we joke around on the Facebook page, so you can find us on there. Yeah, I love when Brian just randomly will post like some weird ass comic panel for no reason, <laughs> just like out of context comic book panel with like a funny quote. Um, yes. He surprises all of us, and then we end up chatting about it later. So yeah. it's always brilliant. Brian's Facebook page. Oh, uh, it, it's just Comic Slobs, I believe. Facebook backslash Comic Slobs. I have to say, when I first started listening, because I didn't know you guys, uh, you know, like I was a stranger. I just heard about you because we were all friends of PCL, and you know, we would all guest host and stuff. And so I kind of heard of you from them. So then I started listening, and you know. I thought you guys were really funny, and at first I thought Greg was the funniest, the funniest slob, <laughs> because Greg's jokes are so deadpan and and out of nowhere, and that's like kind of my my steez. But I think Brian might be one of the funniest people on earth. <laughs> yes, when when he's not screaming, yeah. he can be very entertaining. Even sometimes when he's screaming, depending on what he's saying. But yeah, I think he's he's hilarious. I think you guys are all hilarious, obviously. But 
Uh, I don't think he's hilarious when I'm trying to get my kills and he's screaming <laughs> in my ear. He was trolling a guy on his team on a ranked game because he the guy was mad that he didn't come back for his death box. But in ranked, it plays like you get more points if you just hide and live out until you're in the top three. So Brian was like, I'm going to go do that. So I'm not going to run and get your box because we'll get no points. And it's worthless. Like it's a worthless loss. But instead, he was just telling the guy like, oh, it's weird. You're dead, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, well I'm alive. It's really cool, and <laughs> just like he was just shouting, like "Thank you for your support while I'm alive," and you're just dead, and you're watching me. <laughs> no, no, no. He go no. What he was saying was, he goes, "What are you doing? You're just hanging out for support, uh, you know, because you know I'm gonna make it to the end of the level. You know, being alive sucks." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was just shouting it over and over again. It was it was funny. Um. I guess if your team finishes top tier, you still you, you still get points. Yeah, you get so the max I think you can get for winning is like ten points or something, and it's thirty points for level one to two, and then so if you get to top three, you get seven. Um, if you get to top ten, you get like one point. You know, so it's it's the only way to get points is just to survive, basically. So it's a game of basically hiding. You just find a place you can hide. You don't engage anyone you see. You just run, you know? Um, but let's go ahead. We're going to jump in and do our um, Spider-Man Far From Home review because Mears has a limited amount of time and he hasn't seen... We're going to be reviewing Far From Home. Uh, I'll review Midsommar and uh, Keith and I will review Stranger Things Season 3. But with Mears, uh, he has a limited time frame and I just wanted to get him in. Uh, I'm a diva, baby. He's a diva. he demanded a green room. Like I literally had to rent him a hotel room, and I had to make sure there were uh, peanut M and M's. Nothing but the best. <laughs> Nothing but the best. I tried, but to only do... Mountain Dew green ones. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, he needed a full cooler of Mountain Dew. No code red, full none one. of that bullshit. Just straight yeah, up no. Mountain Dew. Uh, I tried to send up some, um, God, what is the fucking RC Cola version? Like Sierra? No. What is the <laughs> Mellow Yellow or whatever the fake Mountain Dew? Like Mountain Mist or there something. There you go, Mountain Mist. And I got this as a text. Shut it down! <laughs> and then Mir sent me a video of him throwing them all off the balcony of his 36th floor hotel just, room. Just whipping them right out <laughs> that penthouse window. This is trash! <laughs> Anyways, um... So we all saw Spider-Man Far From Home this week, and uh, let's fucking get into it. Let's rate it at the top, and then we'll go into spoilers so that, you know, people who haven't seen it yet can get kind of an idea. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. Keith, what are you giving it? Loved it, man. I'm going to give it a five out of five. A five. A perfect score, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I loved it. I really did. I had a great time with it. Um it was. I'll 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 let you go, and we'll get into details. Uh, Mears, what'd you give it? Uh, I would give it easily a four out of five, almost five. It, it, I did really enjoy it. Uh, perfect villain. Yeah, pr- uh, really fun story. Um, I love how it builds on the previous movie of Peter Parker kind of coming of age and learning how to be an adult. Um, so for a Spider-Man film, it really hit all the perfect notes. So I loved it. I'm not to like the other Spider-Man stories, too, Um, because there's quite a few. There's quite a few nods to uh, like just history and comic books. Uh, You know, the director loves to hide um, different comic issues in life. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Greg both noticed that while watching it. We were pointing them out. 
so for each elemental um or or for like uh like sandman um there there was like a license plate hidden uh with uh, the comic number uh real quick i'm just gonna toss in i'm giving it a four as well i really enjoyed it it's not perfect but it's it's really good uh and not to, and i'm not shitting on your rating at all keith like I, it's if I if we were doing halves, I'd give it a four and a half. I think it's it's almost perfect. Uh, there's a couple of little things I might change, but um, like you said, I I honestly Tom Holland is my favorite Peter Parker and Spider Man like of all the movies. And I was a big Tobey Maguire fan, but I'm not a big Tobey Maguire uh, Peter Parker fan. He's yeah. just kind of too old looking always. <laughs> like they have him in high school scenes, and that motherfucker is straight up thirty five. <laughs> uh but i love sam raimi so uh, i'm a big fan of those films uh and we'll get into like one of the really like the coolest moment in this movie is a bit of a spoiler but it's a very nice nod to uh those raimi films and there's a lot of uh nods to the video game which i really liked yeah i like how it feels like there's this um these themes within the spider-man you know whether you saw it in like into the spider-verse or with the uh the current sony game yeah it feels like there's this these spider-man overarching themes that we keep seeing yeah so guys if if you haven't seen this movie uh we're gonna get into spoilers i mean we're gonna totally nerd out about this movie um so uh, please tune off, turn off, uh, you know, the podcast, come check us out. Once you've seen the movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, this is one of the biggest box office hits, uh, in very short amount of time. I think this outbeat, uh, Avengers, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, if, uh, you know, just in the amount of, uh, time, you know, in the box office, how many people seen it. It also had a, uh, holiday weekend working with it. Yeah, I mean, the 4th of July. I mean, a lot of people had, what, like four days off? It was a very long holiday weekend. And yeah, they big day it. in the box office. Uh, I'll give you guys, uh, just before you tune out, I'll give you guys a peek behind the curtain. Uh, Aaron shushed the whole theater, uh, which was <laughs> which is fun. Um, I, and if you guys want to check out a little snippet video, you could go on Facebook.com forward slash podcast or go on our Instagram and you could see where I uh, videotaped Aaron uh, and the people around him that he shushed. When we got into the theater, the movie, you know, we watched the trailers. Everyone was talking. I was like, whatever. I try not to shush people during the trailers because that's not, you know, the time. But then the movie starts, like the Marvel logos coming on and there's two guys behind us, which you would think would be like as into it as me. Like they were nerds started talking like openly talking not like whispering so i just turned around stared the one that was looking at the screen in the eyes until he looked at me and put my finger to my lips until he told the other guy who was talking to shut up <laughs> and then i turned back around and then there's this girl next to me this fucking idiot and she was just talking so loud the whole time and i shushed her four times and then i just finally like at the end uh when she kept talking i just stared at her until she looked at me and just said what the fuck and then she finally stopped talking and then I talked so much shit because she was literally right next to me. And I talked so much shit that they moved <laughs> Rose while we were waiting for the mid-credits scene. Because <laughs> I was like, just shut the fuck up. You're not at your house. <laughs> Dude, I paid money here. We're all here paying money. And you're over here fucking talking like you fucking live here. And then they he's, left. He's not bullshitting. He really did say this. Yeah, oh, that, I'm not, I don't doubt it at all. It's just so funny. Then she left her gold-plated hair clip that was like metal. It was like heavy on the tray for because it's like a dine-in and i took it and threw it in the garbage 
and then I should. Oh, no, 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 he threw it in the garbage right next to her. Yeah, that's, that's... and and I said, if she didn't talk to the movie and she was a good person, we would actually give it back. Yeah, but fuck her. Yeah, we just left. That's petty as fuck. Yeah, I'm petty, Betty, baby. <laughs> I don't play. <laughs> Listen, we all are petty. spending. <laughs> nice to meet you. We. <laughs> We are all spending money, like our hard-earned money, to go to the movies. And, like, listen, everybody, like, during Midsommar, I yelled out, and this happens a lot. Anytime something surprisingly violent happens, I'll yell out, holy shit, or, oh, fuck, you know, like, things like that. But I'm not yeah. having a conversation. Right. No, I, I had that uh, those reactions during, like, in-game. I was like, oh, my God! And then I'm like, oh, shit, nobody's reacting in here? Okay, I'm a weirdo. Yeah, like, those things, you know, you're, you're kind of like you're in it with that person you're not mad at them you're like hell yeah dude you know because they're into the movie and that's something that but like this girl's just talking to her boyfriend and then he pulls his fucking phone out at a certain point i'm like oh hell no i'll never forget when i saw uh lord of the rings uh the fellowship of the ring uh it was you know what night uh 2001 maybe when that movie came out yeah uh their flip phones, flip yeah, flip phones just came out, and this dude opened his flip phone, and my friend BT just literally stood <laughs> up over him because he was like two, like a row down from us. Leaned over him and said, "Fucking close it!" And the guy just slowly closed his phone and never took it out again. But it's because we went to the midnight showing. There were like people. Oh yeah, you know how like, dare he? Yeah, like we're all so, here, dude. Yeah. All right. So Aaron does make a good point to this of like. I go, Aaron, you can't fight the whole theater. Like at some point he goes, you know what? No, fuck them all. Because, you know, this is now becoming acceptable because you, you know, kind of swallow the pill and, and just kind of deal with it. Um, you know, it, you're just making it more acceptable for assholes like this to keep it going. I like that. This is his, his, uh, vigilante stand, yeah. you know, like this is what, you know, he's going to correct society. Oh, dude, I know he'll, he'll watch like, like if he had a superpower, it's shushing in the theater. It's one theater at a time. He's going to write these wrongs. These bitches are he, lucky. I don't have real ones. Like if I had 11's <laughs> powers from stranger things, I would be exploding heads at every movie theater. I would just dude, kill people. He, he watches, he like, he sees like a, like a crackhead on the corner, like shooting up and he's like, ah, that's fine. But talking in the theater. Oh, not gonna stand for it. Not That's gonna, the line. Yeah, I don't. That's well, it. Keith knows. I just don't let injustice. It, what my opinion of injustices fly in the world. Like his, a lady, his opinion of injustice is like it's very slim. Yeah, a lady tried to cut Keith in line one time and then got mad at him when he didn't let her, and I called her a cunt to her face because <laughs> we he were was like eighty. Yeah. So I was like, I guess I'll let her go. No, and then she like. She tutted and like got mad, and I was like, "No, you old cunt! There's a fucking line. Don't look at him like he's an asshole. You're trying to cut in line." And then she just like didn't say a word and walked to the back of the line. But I'm like, "You can't let people get away with shit like that because then they're just gonna continue doing it, and then you're not doing anyone a favor by being quiet." So uh, this has been a very interesting spoiler review of Spider-Man <laughs> so far. This at least gives everyone who didn't see the movie enough story to kind of uh, enjoy the episode. Real but talk. yeah, let's get into the spoiler review, I guess. Real talk, and I'm going to end it on this, just this conversation. I've had like three dudes clap one time when I yelled at someone in the theater. <laughs> because it was these little kids, these little... Um, I was talking to Keith about it. Uh, these 12-year-old girls. I've told this story on nerd porn before, but I saw a horror movie, and they kept screaming like no, you know it's fake you know what i mean like they're just doing it because they think it's funny anytime someone happened they would scream as loud as they could 
And I didn't really shut them up because it was like these little brief interludes of it, but it was really annoying. So at the end, I just turned around. They were like four rows behind me and like there was an island between them. And I just said, you know, I just want you to know it's been real fucking nice watching a movie with you dumb assholes. And then these guys started clapping and then I left. And one of the girls came to me and was like, I was in the uh, hallway waiting for my um, my friend at the time uh, was taking a piss. And so I was just standing outside of the bathroom leaning against the wall. And one of the girls, and she's like, I'll have you know, I'm a 12-year-old girl. And I said, I don't give a fuck. Don't fucking scream in the movie theater, you dumbass. It's a rated R movie. You shouldn't even be in there in the first place. And then real talk, she said, you're hot. And I said, get the fuck away from me. And then I called the manager over and I made her stand with me. I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't fuck around. Like these kids are weird. And I like, I'm afraid they're going to like, you know, tell the cops I try to do something. I need you here. Where's the uncle Aaron drop, right? Yeah. You're, you're being set up. I was being, yeah, it was the fucking setup, dude. Uh, damn it. The fucking, this iPad. (laughs) But the dudes that clapped were like all dudes, you know, in their 30s that were just as yeah. angry as me <laughs> they, they were also busted on to catch a predator <laughs> they yeah. were clapping because like they're like oh man look at this old guy freaking out on these kids <laughs> i've yeah i'm sure i'm surprised i've never been beaten up because i just sometimes i snap now now that i'm old like i just shush people or i like i, I steal kelsey's uh sometimes she gets crazier than me but i steal her move which is to say please be quiet <laughs> I just get mad at Aaron because I go, can you just like at least give me a heads up? Like, just give me a heads up. Like, just let me know it's coming. Well, like, I like to be pe- prepared for like right. a fight. If a fight's going to happen, yes, yeah. like, I, I like to know where it's going to come from. And instead, he just screams out. And I've, I've had that exact conversation with my wife. Like, just give me a little heads up. Well, during Endgame, I literally turned around and looked at these two dudes and said, shut the fuck up. Like exactly like that, and Keith said, "Who?" And I thought he said, "Why?" <laughs> no, I thought he said, "Bro," and I was like, "Dude, you didn't fucking hear them. They were talking at like the perfect decibel that they were like droning in between the sounds of the movie, and I could hear them perfectly. And I couldn't I, hear them at all, but like driving me insane. But Aaron just freaked out, and uh, and I'm sitting next to him, and I d- don't know who he's talking to. Because he he moved so fast, I like, dude, you're gonna talk shit to a guy behind you, like you know. Now you got to be aware that you're gonna get hit from behind. Me no care, dude. Anyways, so Spider Man was awesome. Um, that was our review, guys. Uh, thanks. For- <laughs> <laughs> thanks, um, Mears, for joining us. Yeah. So let's just get into it. Uh, this movie picks up literally right after you know the events of Endgame. Maybe a couple weeks later, because it seems like life's sort of getting back to normal. And it starts with like a really cool uh, news segment, like a you know high school news. Um, it, it was a little. It, it cheesy. answers a lot of questions, though. I mean, you know, let's give it that. So, like, some of the questions that we had left over from uh, from the the snap. Um, the blip. Well, the, well, now it's called blip. No, yep. no, 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 no. Kevin Feige has confirmed. I read an article about this. He confirmed that the snap is the snap. And the blip is when Hulk brought them back. I mean, uh, when uh, yeah, when Hulk brought everyone back. Yeah, but it it addresses both. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It, it does a great job at addressing, uh, you know, saying the fact that you know half of all living organisms on the Earth uh, disappeared, and uh, you know the blip brought them back. 
and it, it had and it had some great uh, information about uh, you know where where did you know how did these people come back you know where where were they before and then you know uh, and then when they came back you know where did they come back to. Could you imagine if you're married, your wife gets snapped, it's five whole years, so three of those years you're just mourning, you're sad, and then you're like, I need to move on, I need to move forward, you know, we gotta bring back the species, so I'm gonna find another, you know, woman who's in a similar situation as me that understands, and then you start getting married again, and your fucking wife returns, <laughs> and you're like, ooh, so, um, this is my new wife? Replay, maybe <laughs> you're like what's and, up and they don't know you know that like that like they were gone right yeah because no one did they came right back and picked up kind of where they left off now there's a course of theory of all right if you're traveling in a car or a plane or something like that and one way to write that out would be you know well when hulk snapped he said everyone returns back safely yeah you know what i mean yeah and like that's why you just see a kid get like hit with a basketball. Like they, they know that's not going to change where the marching band kid is. But like, imagine it's not going to fall out of the sky. Yeah, you know. Imagine if you were in standing in a field and a house got built there. Now you're just in a wall. You're like splinched, like Harry Potter. You know when they is that what they called it when you would uh, apparate? And if you apparated into like an area where there's a solid object, you can like you know kill yourself basically. No. Nope, no Harry Potter fans on this side. I don't know. What? Do you do you remember splinching? I was saying, like, imagine if you got snapped and you were yeah, in but field. I thought you said that the Hulk said safely, so they wouldn't get splinched, right? No, saying, like, saying one way to write that out yeah. would be to say that Hulk said to return back safely when he snapped. You know what I mean? You feel me? You feel me, bro? I feel it. Um. Well, just, just because you, you didn't get a story of people falling from the sky or stuck yeah. in buildings, smells coming from the buildings. You know what I mean? Like, they talked only about the positive side of it, which I liked. Uh, well, the I did logistics? like the fact that, like, you get the view of Brad, right? Yeah, the, the, little, uh, the little kid who was in fifth grade and then it's now, like, in high school and he's, like, uh, super hot. He, he was my favorite, yeah, because it was like, because uh, because essentially Peter and Brad both went right, and yeah. then like Brad comes back like all the better, and Peter's still like this dweeb. No, Peter went, and oh. Brad didn't get snapped. Remember, because that's why he's older. So he oh, lived. Okay, that's how then, that works. Yeah, that's yeah. why he's in the same grade as them now. Uh, I misunderstood that, but man, good, good job, Brad. Yeah, and then. In Flash, uh, you know, he's uh, since his ID says that he's five years older than he really is. He's trying to sneak the alcohol in the plane. Yeah, but but now but now if you just if you just like your age is is irrelevant. Like, could you imagine living in a world where like your age you know could swing by five years? Well, the logistics of it is tough because what if someone moved into your house? You know what I mean? Like, what if someone bought your house from the bank? They talked about that. They they brought that up. Did they? Yeah, yeah. The, that's what the homeless support group was for. Oh, yeah. People displaced by the snap. And yeah. they're displaced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'd just be like a hurricane or anything else where, yeah, you'd fall under that displaced like category. Yeah. You, you right. must have been busy shushing everyone in the theater to. to that's know, why that I part. get so mad. I, I can't focus. If I can't focus because I'm hearing something else, like, it's like if someone's talking when i'm trying to go to sleep 
Well, and that's one of the things with this movie, too. I mean, in that, that first 20 minutes is a lot to unpack because we're not only following up a Spider-Man movie, you're following up an Avengers movie. So it's like arguably how many movies kind of tie in before this. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot like going on in 20 minutes. To and get they're, the fun. they're paying it, it all feel off. Like, sorry. No, it's okay. They're paying off a lot. That's all I was going to say is like they're paying off Aunt May finding out at the end of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Like they pay that off almost immediately. You know, you, when mm-hmm. you f- see him and her like on a stage and then they go backstage and then you get the fun Happy Hogan stuff, which... By the way, Happy Hogan was like one of my favorite parts of this movie. I love John Favreau. Yeah, yeah John, John Favreau is my favorite part of the Marvel Cinema U, and and so him being in this feels like a great bookend because he's in the very first movie too. He's a good. Sorry, good. This doesn't feel like the ending uh, to Phase Three, though. I mean, to me, it doesn't feel like uh, it, it. You know, it. It Sorry, it it felt more like the beginning of Phase Four, right? Yeah, am I, am I alone? No, it yeah, did. I, I would agree with that. I, I, maybe it's the ending as far as an epilogue. If you could have an epilogue for a phase, you yeah, know? this is like the good version of the Harry Potter epilogue. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not to bring Harry Potter into it again. Um, I think we all would agree. John Favreau is awesome in this movie. He's the MVP. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like he did a lot of legwork. He was the replacement to Tony Stark, and he did such a good job with it. He's just got really good comedic timing, like you know, because he is a com- comedic writer. He's a great film director. He's a great actor too. So like, he's got kind of all those chops, and his timing is just perfect. Well, yeah, I, I think everybody on the cast has a little bit of that too. Oh, yeah. you can really see it in the movie. Yeah, Zendaya was great on her timing on a lot of things. Uh, but I like the fact that John Favreau brings his friend, uh, which is Ralphie from the Christmas Story, and he's the scientist of the drones, right? He's a controller of the drones. Um, that's that's the kid from the Christmas Story because they're they're yeah, good friends. They're really good friends. Um, I will say this: Zendaya was great in this. Like, she's. MJ in this universe is actually I, I really like her. She's a very layered character because she's oh agreed. She clearly has like anxiety. You know she like she's not this like perfect uh, person like what we were kind of given. You know in the comics and, and in the Raimi films, which were uh, a straight up homage to comics. You know what I mean they were like a love letter to comic books. So like you know the Kirsten Dunst Mary Jane is this like perfect character, especially in like the first movie. You get like a little bit of like maybe home life's not amazing but like she's just this like you know uh redheaded bombshell who's just like the most popular girl in school and this mj is like a real person she's sort of that like not goth but kind of goth weirdo kid you know that we all knew sort of like a drama kid um i don't know she's just she's really close to that same character in euphoria too yeah she's very sarcastic which i like too but she kind of like you kind of realize later that that's all like sort of a defense mechanism, you know, like it's her way of kind of shielding herself. Um, yeah, in both characters. Yes. I feel like Ned was wearing a wig though, because you see him all the time now and he's bald. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him on the red carpets and all the interviews. He's like fully shaved head bald. Oh, really? No. Yeah. I, he had so many hats on in the film yeah. uh, that I it, maybe I didn't notice the hair as much. He was kind of an annoying character. Like, I didn't... Oh, I loved it. Oh, no. Come on, now. That that was so funny. Him and Betty Brant. 
Yeah. Well, I like at the end that they're like, "Oh, we broke up." <laughs> yes, they're that a little was like... realizing, but no, that that I love it because the first like twenty minutes of the film, it's it's all about bachelor life and yeah. bachelor vacation, and he just he doesn't want Peter to care about MJ. He just wants to have fun with his friends, and then at the thirty minute mark. He, him and Betty like hook up like Peter's plan works for Ned and yeah it, that just I was rolling from from that whole like revelation and the whole like airplane scene to get over there it, it was really funny the comedic moments of the movie are all good yeah. I love Martin Starr too man the fact, yeah. oh, yeah. the fact that he unloaded that like <laughs> you know my uh First, the, al- the allergy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Second, <laughs> yes. second, how he thought uh, his wife uh, blipped out, uh, but uh, but really she left with another guy. <laughs> you know, who's, JB Smoove was great too. I mean, he only plays the same character in every movie show. Anything he's in, he's just JB Smoove. But he was a lot of fun. I love that he kept saying witches. Witches. Everybody's like, it's the witches. Yeah. All right. Can we get into theories a little bit, real quick? Well, first of all. Uh-huh. Can we talk about how I was completely right? I mean, obviously, anyone who knows who Mysterio is and what he does uh, was thinking the same thing as me. But I was like, "You want to pat on the back for a no, 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 no? It's the no video. way. I, I thought I thought Mysterio was going to be a good guy the whole time. <laughs> I was only saying it because we put the video up of me saying 100 percent every villain we're seeing is Mysterio. You know, making a show, and you know, by the end he'll be the villain. And his the thing is he yep. wants to be the hero that you see you know oh, that's a, that surprised me i didn't know that, that he was capable of doing that <laughs> mirrors is fucking with you guys I, <laughs> if you guys don't know mirrors which is the first time on the new podcast yeah. um so i have been collecting spider-man comics for well over a decade so yeah, yeah. fucking it, nerd it, alert you but loser I mean, but but it was so fun at the same time i i, I fell in love with jake gyllenhaal all over again in this same. movie he is such a good actor, and it, you know, it's great to see like high caliber actors getting into movies, like you know, comic book movies. It, it brings a level of validity to them, and and you know, all of the major stars that are in these movies are you know, a list actors and actresses and people like you know, Sam Jackson's an incredible actor. Like, there's such a high caliber, but just seeing you know, Jake Gyllenhaal giving well, his all, and I felt like this movie it. it it did this thing where clearly there's a vacuum from um, from Robert Downey Jr. not being in this film. And yep. he was such a big part in the first one. So it creates like this vacuum where everybody else can step up. And yeah, we do have Samuel L. Jackson, Jackson and you have Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, but I, I feel like Marcia everybody, yeah, even, yeah, even uh, the kids, though, Zendaya and, and, uh, and Peter Parker, I feel like they step up in the movie too and, and really fulfill those, those emotional moments. Yeah. And, that I think they played off that really well too. Like when uh, Mysterio tricks Peter into giving him the glasses, he tries them on and he almost looks like RDJ in a way. You know, like yes. the dark hair, the kind of like beard, not really. You know, like obviously um, Tony Stark always had like you know the kind of perfectly uh, quaffed uh, facial hair, but you know you could see a little bit of it, and, and it's like he knew. And obviously when that comes through, that was like the like when I first was watching, I was like, Jake Gyllenhaal is just kind of hamming it up, you know. He's just. Well, kind I love, of... I love how it shines through in that story yeah. as well, because basically the role that Jake Gyllenhaal is—it's all disgruntled Stark employees. That you was know? so. He is like their new Stark. He's the new figurehead. 
you know, rather than them all being scientists behind this, they're now scientists against this. Yeah, and I actually really liked how they showed each of like the major players getting fucked over. You know, like yes, that was a really fun little like montage way to, kind yeah, of thing. Like way to bring it all together too, especially seeing Jake Gyllenhaal as one hundred percent Steve Jobs behind the scenes of the barf scene from <laughs> Civil War. Uh, yeah, was that Civil War? Oh, I know, I know. Like one of them was straight out of like Iron Man, the first one. Yeah, but, uh, maybe it was. The, uh, yeah, the, oh, it was um, Winter Soldier, I think. Yeah, you're right. Beginning it's, of that, it's Winter Soldier. You're right. Yeah, because that's when so, you find out, like you know, the kind of depth of his parents and all that stuff. Right. So I, I honestly think that uh, that. You know, Peter Parker with the glasses on, he should have been able to detect the, you know, the drones and, you know, everything happening at that bar scene, which at that bar scene, it's kind of uh, funny because Peter Parker says he's only 16. But if you remember, uh, he was introduced by Cap in Civil War um, as being 15 and Avengers Infinity War happened two years after, meaning that he should be technically a senior, 17 to 18 well, years old now. Wait, but the the end credits also, I think, kind of disrupt your timeline when we find out where the glasses actually come from. Wait, we find that out in the mid-credits? No, at the very end credits, when we find out that it was Nick Fury and the Scrolls. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That brought the glasses down, so... They could be older Stark Tech, things like that. There's a lot of holes in there. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think that uh, that it's older Stark Tech. I think that uh, that you know Tony Stark still did um, you know pass that down to him, um, but he had them on uh, you know during uh, Infinity um, well, Infinity War. But I think you have to call Bang up it. the the screen. You know what I mean? I think you have to activate them. I think they're just sunglasses until you say like hey whatever her name was yeah but tony stark obviously would use that as you know to the full use but what i'm saying is if you don't tell them to turn on they're not turning on because it didn't retinal scan uh jake gyllenhaal until he passed them over to him all right but he put them on right away and and in the bar well and he did call them up to pass them over so that would be the time because yes. I think when he puts them on just to try them on in front of him, they would just be glasses. And then when he says he's going to pass them over to him, he calls it up and he should have already seen through the suit. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you see that stuff kind of right away, right? Yeah. I feel like it. But I'd have to watch it again to see if when the bar dissolves, like the, the hologram, you know, the, the kind of facade falls off, if he's in his suit that the girl makes, that she's steaming the cape. Like, because maybe he wore the actual suit. I can't remember. Oh man, I really love the the green screen suit that yeah. they kind of did in the later part of the movie too. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, and and it's it's neat because it's not it's it's not like the Quentin Beck of the comics where he's directly from the movie industry, but the way they use like the those disgruntled employees, it makes it feel like a movie production. You know, you have people working on this effect, and you have people working on this, and then. Uh, it's so great because I think you see like all of the monsters beforehand, right? And then you see uh, in the final fight, it's like the monsters with the tech behind them. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I really liked the scene where you see Jake Gyllenhaal or you see Quentin Beck like kind of directing the next scene. Like he's really into it. Like he is making art. You know what I mean? 
And it's like it kind of nods to that Steve Jobs type of idea that like whatever he's in, he's all in. You know what I mean? I I really liked Mysterio actually. I'm bummed they killed him off. Like I mean, you know, we're in spoilers, obviously. I I was kind of like let down by that. I was like let let I hate- I don't think he, I I don't think he's really dead. I mean, let's let's yeah, put he, that he kind there. of faked faked it once already, right? He could have easily yeah. faked it again. And that so that I, was my biggest confusion point was. He gets shot by the stray bullet, but then when Spider-Man, you know, Peter tingles him, he's standing. Like, when he realizes that the image is, or, you know, what he's seeing is fake, uh, Mysterio's standing. And when did he get shot? Because the first he, time was fake. Well, no, I, I still think he got shot, um, you know, because, because uh, you know, he overrode the, the protocol. I mean, he had to. Well, he uh, goes from standing up, getting the gun taken from him to like laying down dead and it doesn't make sense i saw this film on a imax screen and i was really happy just because of the way those uh those mysterio scenes were like that is really what made me love this film oh yeah you felt confused with spider-man or with peter like anytime like it went into the weird hallucinogenic it felt like what you would think a mysterio attack would be it felt like comic books like him in the black room, like, because there's a lot of CG in there, which it kind of felt a little fake, but it is fake. You know what I mean? So it, it right. lends itself to that, but like, it felt like watch, like a comic book. It felt so like you could see panels. You know what I mean? Some some may say, you know, why wasn't his uh, spider sense going off at that point? Um, but you have to keep in mind that he's coming back. Like, I mean, just as right after Endgame, which flew, you know, uh, from him getting dusted in Infinity War, where uh, where he had that horrible death scene, you know, right in front of Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why was his death scene stronger than anyone else? Well, because the theory behind that is that since he could sense things. Um, he sensed what was going to happen. And that's where the fear and the rush and everything came in. That's why they believe that he was having a problem uh, with his spider sense because, you know, he literally sensed death, uh, you know, before it happened. So, you know, like one of my questions is like, all right, if he could sense uh, Quentin Beck at the end or Mysterio at the end, um, how come he couldn't sense that train that he got hit by? You know what I mean, or or any of the real dangers uh, during you know. Um, See, I just kind of chalk that up for the like a typical like Parker luck that happens in stories because at the very beginning of the film, Aunt May throws the banana at him, and then she kind of laughs at him, and they they literally explained the Peter t- Tingle kind of thing. So I just took it as all right, this is this story that he's going to learn how to use this, the spider sense it's going to malfunction. It's like, it's like, you know, it's sometimes at the beginning of the story, they'll show the, the web shooters malfunction, you know, and then that sort of is ingrained or that's the B plot of the, the movie. So I didn't really think too much into it. I, it was just like, Oh yeah, he's learning to use his powers just like in the first movie. Now I don't believe Quentin Beck was uh Mysterio's real name because he and here's why. Um, when you when you create such a tech like Barf or uh, what, what was the real name for? I forget, but they it, it was labeled uh, Barf. Um, you have to be you know a higher up position within the, like the company, right? Uh, anyone who works for corporate America, you know, you would be you know LinkedIn connected. People would know who you are. Suppliers that you worked with, right? Uh, other people who maybe didn't join your vision. 
uh, to take down Tony Stark after that, right? They would know who you are. Like, the person doing payroll knows who Quentin Beck is. I don't believe that, you know, that Quentin Beck is, uh, you know, in this movie, uh, the character's real name, because there's no way he would have kept up with that facade. Well, yeah, he came from an alternate dimension. <laughs> I, dude, I really love that uh, when he's giving that explanation at the beginning of the movie, and they're like, "Yeah, I've, you know, during the blip, like my world got destroyed or something like that, you know." And and so he came over to this world, and that the elementals are from that, and and he said that uh, Peter Parker and the Avengers are from six one six, which and is that's, a callback. Yeah, yeah, that's the the classic comics. They undid it uh, a few years back, but yeah, uh, that when you know in the late '90s and the 2000s, and there is a multiverse in Marvel Comics. They always refer to it as 616. So I'm at one point they did hint that the movie universe would be different, um, and it, and I loved it because it made me smile. But then in the end, you know, it's all part of a, a charade. So it's kind of a fun lie that that works in a way. So do you think that we're not going to get a multiverse? Well, that's what I said. I mean, it it feels like that's sort of the theme with Into the Spider-Verse, and we get that at least in the animated world, right? No, the the multiverse is real. Kevin Feige also came out and confirmed that. Uh, And that's kind of how they could play up like their their Defenders Netflix shows and things like that. Yeah, and that's how they're going to bring in the X-Men for sure. Oh yeah, that's what that's what I've been figuring all along. I mean, it, Fantastic Four basically writes itself as just yes. appearing from a from a multiverse. Hundred percent, and I think that would be such a fun like if they did it instead of like a you know like a Fantastic Four movie, they start it as like a not I mean obviously not Cap, but like a like how they did Civil War, like sort of a team up film of someone's yeah. main film. That would be like such a fun. Yeah, it's got to be like a Marvel team up somehow. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's just who's the uh, maybe Spider Man would be the character to do it since he's been. I mean, I think it's one of their most successful things at, ten years later. You know. Well, the good thing is Tom Holland has said he'll play Spider Man until he dies. Like he's like, uh, I'll play him forever. And TBH, so f- let him do it. Like uh, you have the first time you've got like a young Spider Man. Go in and just play them forever like the you know do what the comics do just let one set of movies just follow him into adulthood that'd be so cool yeah and i love how they've done the the villains in this like they they take enough from the comic books but they do reinvent them the vulture was a very creative design you know and i I love like the green screen suit with this mysterio it's all been really fun i love that they turn it they utilize the 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 history and world building of the MCU to create them. It's like such yeah. a smart move. Like how the Vulture was using what Kree technology from you know the Avengers one. Like they're you know that was really smart. And then in this, it's like uh, Mysterio was uh, you know all the Mysterio's team were disgruntled employees of Stark, you know Stark Tech or whatever they call it. Um, just you know really smart moves. Like it's just a really smart way to utilize uh the universe so so let me put this in your minds right um the we get that uh that video at the end of uh jonah jameson um coming in as like an info wars uh, uh yeah I, I noticed that right away well also so, great nod to the game as well because in spider-man for uh ps4 uh 
Jameson is basically Alex Jones. Yes, and, pretty much. And I, I, you know, it's awesome the fact that they brought him back uh, from the Raimi films. Uh, there, because there's a Thor frog out there that's defending <laughs> the other gay frogs, and I don't like it. He's uh, it's J.K. Simmons, and they even like they went in a little harder, and I mean they didn't try to fill his hair in, which was fun, but they made the sides darker, which I, you know, it's like very reminiscent of kind of his design in the comics. I mean, obviously in the comics he has like kind of like the little flat top. Uh but you know the fact that they got JK Simmons to return for it though. He's he was the he's perfect the he was the perfect uh Jay Jonah in the Raimi films and so I don't think anybody could live up to that role. And he made a yeah. great meme. Bring me Spider-Man. <laughs> like, like <laughs> an, yeah. So anyway, uh we get the video, right? And everyone sees uh Quentin Beck, right? Now, plot hole, I'm going to put this in your minds. Um, don't you think, like I'm going back to it, don't you think that there's people that worked with him at Stark Tech, at Stark, you know, at, you know, Stark Industries um, on projects that could go, well, I mean, this is BS because that guy, you know, used to work, you know, for Tony, and he's crazy. Well, no, I know. mean, honestly, Nick Fury or you know the scroll version of Nick Fury could come out and be like hey dude I work for the government and he was for sure a terrorist and like yeah I mean he outs Peter Parker as being Spider-Man that's a whole issue to fix but like I doubt we're gonna see like uh I mean I think they're writing it to be the next movie is gonna be like sort of fugitive Spider-Man uh but like if it was me I would just be like oh yeah I'm gonna need Nick Fury to come on out and just uh completely yeah but no one yeah, but the thing about Nick Fury is no one knows except for if you have to know who Nick Fury really is. Well, Maria Hill, just any of them that are government agents, you have a fucking badge. You can be like, yeah, can 100% confirm Spider-Man didn't do that, though. He actually yeah. saved the world. But that's where this kind of becomes that weird Game of Thrones political thing where it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. is a secret organization. Yeah. They've been infiltrated here and there. Like, so that's not really... That's not something that Nick Fury would do because they're busy fixing other major issues kind well, of thing. So Peter Parker is definitely on his own for this problem. And no, in fairness, Cap, the it, best one would be Cap and come out and say it. Yeah, but Cap's gone now. Yeah, it's true. In fairness to the movie, we're talking about Alex Jones. You know what I mean? Or the the MCU version of Alex Jones. Like he would be like, "Yeah, right. Yeah, right." Spider Man. Yeah, says, exactly. They're so coming in here, brother. Need to be founded. Yeah. Right. The, uh, they're in here, brother, and they're fucking, you know, they're out here, they're intergalactic space demons, and they're child molesters, and they're out here defending a child molester. Spider-Man There's a is- talking raccoon, I'm telling you! <laughs> God, that would have been a great, like, cutaway as they, like, you know, he tells the story, and then it cuts away to, in other news, I've seen a talking ra- raccoon, brother, and, you know, whatever. I like that, and you keep going into Hulk Hogan. Have you ever listened to Alex Jones? He's basically Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Anyways, I want Spider-Man. I just love the way J.K. Simmons said Spider-Man as Jameson. Oh, it was perfect. Spider-Man. Dude, I, I, I jumped up right away for that. Yeah. Uh, super stoked. I hope he is instated as J. You know, like, I hope he's in the movies now. You know, like, I hope this wasn't just some throwaway thing. Because, yeah, he's, what, uh, she is Commissioner Gordon in the fucking DC universe. But, I mean, I doubt they're going to continue uh with the yeah it, he's not coming back as gordon man and i mean 
J. Jonah Jameson is the fucking perfect role for him, like forever. He there's never going to be anyone that can cast to be better. I did like the fan casting of like a Terry Crews because I think that'd be a way to kind of diverge oh, enough. That, that's fun. Yeah, like it would be enough of a diversion to be like, okay, it doesn't have to be someone trying to be a similar character. You know, he can play it however he wants. So there is a bunch of hidden gems in this movie. Um, you know, going from Peter's suitcase, having, uh, you know, FBP on it uh, for uh, Ben Parker, right? Uh, yep. Uncle Ben's suitcase. Um, you know, that that's why he has an old suitcase. Um, the wrestling poster uh, when we're talking to Happy Hogan and um, um, Aunt May, right? Yeah, it has Crusher. Uh, Crusher Hogan, uh, you know, it. You could see it. Um, it. It's also the same wrestling match uh, that, you know, Mass Peter Parker got in a ring with um, in appearing, you know, in the Amazing Spider-Man number 15. Um, so there's just so much fun stuff. I mean, the, the replayability of this movie um, is very high for me. Um, you know, e- even, go- you, even going back to, uh, you know, Homecoming. Homecoming I watched maybe about twice or three times now. Uh, you know, it's... It's right up there with Homecoming. I'm still bummed we only got like one scene of Spider-Man swinging through New York. Like, and it was great. I think they did a great job. But like, that's some of the best parts of the original Raimi films. Like, some of the best moments are just the awe. Of... But I like that we got the moment with him and MJ together yes. swinging. So like, there is other things I think it delivered on. I really like that that she was not into it either. Like again, yes. there's a little bit these little subversions and shifts in that character are a lot of fun. Yeah. So h- how does this tie into Craven coming on? Because, you know, I'm reading uh o- online that, you know, this will tie in to uh the the next one which would be Craven. I think Craven could be a bounty hunter looking for for Oh Peter yeah. Parker. No, but like you know, they said that there was an Easter egg, uh, you know, for Craven. What if Craven <laughs> was both a bounty hunter and a crocodile hunter? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty good. I like that. Crikey, this bastard's strong. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why that tickles me so much. Just the idea of like fucking instead of, like a super buff Craven guy, but in khaki shorts and like a khaki vest. Well, they could do like what they've done with uh, with some of Captain America's bad guys, where they kind of change the nationality. Maybe Craven comes from one of these these uh, other countries, and he thinks Spider Man or uh, the Knocked Monkey is responsible for for some <laughs> injustice. Dude, I loved when the German lady yelled "Night Monkey." <laughs> yes, yeah, that being great, we're laughing at that part. That was really great. I, I really enjoyed just the fact that Ned blurted out Night Monkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and, it, and then it was even better when, like, Peter Parker uses it as his cover. She's like, yeah, yeah I saw Spider-Man. And he's like, no, 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 that was Night Monkey. It's <laughs> clearly different, right? Like, yeah. we've all caught ourselves in one of those arguments where you know you're, like, fucking... You're you know you're wrong, yeah. ...up a creek, but you're just like, ah, yeah, right? And I, the best is that she's like, it's got webs. He's like, maybe he's a spider monkey. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid uh anyways uh this is a great movie i wish i could give it a four and a half because like my little nitpicks are you know minor i i again it's just like i would love a little bit more of um seeing him swing to the city you know it's a weird nitpick that i actually uh consider a plus what's that no no stanley scene 
I think this is the first like oh, that's true. Marvel Cinema Universe movie without Stan in it. And you know what? I didn't miss it. Me either. I, I'll I agree. thought there was plenty of other cameos or plenty of other fun moments that it, it it didn't hurt or take away anything. And, you know, I'll say this. Not that I didn't love them when they happened, because those were always a fun moment in the movies. Yeah. But now that, you know, he's gone, it, it's it's almost it would be like pandering to, to do yeah. some kind of like digital scene. Oh, exactly. I was afraid with the what they've done with the Star Wars movies like that would oh, leak God. into this where we would somehow get like a crappy 3D stand and and i think this is better the way it is yeah i i would agree with you there it is weird it's a weird nitpick that is actually a, a bonus and and not really like not like i'd prefer if he was alive to not have him doing these cameos it's just i don't want them to like sort of tarnish his memory by cging him in you know yeah or, or taking some weird old stock footage like, like all of a making, sudden, making him a little happy postman in every movie yeah. or something like that would be kind of weird or like having the, them be like, well, look, the Amazing Spider-Man movie sucks. So let's just take that scene of him wa- wa- mopping the floor and we'll just like move it into this movie. You know, like he's the janitor again. Here's Stanley. Um, yeah, I I would say that's like one little nitpick for me is like, you know, there's not enough swinging scenes. That's sort of my and, and that's a very personal, you know, obviously a personal preference. So so why can't you give this movie a perfect sto- score? Because I wanted by swinging and and I kind of there was well, go, but play the video little... game, man. The video game is nothing but swinging, dude. Yeah, I all right. So this has nothing to do with the movie, but I just watched uh, the other day an interview of the guy who uh, who was like the director behind Spider Man Two and the swinging behind it, and uh, he wanted to originally add it to the Spider Man One game for like GameCube and PS4 and Xbox. Um, but it was too late in the game, uh, so they wouldn't do it. So he worked on it as a secret project behind the scenes, and then uh, wait, wait till he perfected it, and then added it to the game right before like a like a board meeting, and everyone loved it. And he never played the new Spider-Man game. So in the interview, the guy doing the interview, he brought a PS4 with the new Spider-Man game in it and let him play it. And uh, awesome. he's like, you know, this is exactly, uh, you know, this is building on. And, you know, he shows him the skill tree. And because one of his gripes was, well, you can't do any tricks. He goes, and so he busted out the skill tree and showed him. Yeah, you know, the tricks in that are pretty fun. Yeah. I wish there was uh, more of them, though. They just kind of are one note. You can do yeah. a spin, a flip. Fun, fun fact, though, if you do have that video game, there's a free update where there's a costume from the movie in yeah. the game already. Two costumes. Uh, oh, you really? get the new Spider-Man costume, and you get the, um, the new, not noir, but like the Spider-Monkey costume. Yeah, the Night Monkey. You get Night Monkey, yeah. So you get two new costumes. This would have been a perfect time. If they would have timed it right uh, for Insomniac to add a, a DLC. 100%. Yeah. Add they a already Mysterio. got all of that out. Like, they should have added a Mysterio DLC. Like, just a mission Ooh, or two. nice. You know, it yeah, doesn't it, have to be movie Mysterio, but like it would be cool if they were like, "Yeah, also we're doing Mysterio too, bitch." <laughs> it would have been awesome, man. It w- it would have spiked the sales of the game that kind of, uh, you know, kind of dropped off a little bit. I mean, we got a little bit of a deal from the days of play, uh, but it, it would have been a perfect timing if if it was done right. All right, uh, let's let Mears go in a second, but before we do, uh, 
why don't we give our uh, like what do we want to see in the next Spider-Man movie? Like what are you hoping for a Craven? Because I mean, Craven's sort of Spider-Man's Joker, right? Isn't that or well, I guess Green Goblin's more Spider-Man's Joker, but Craven's like one of his ultimate enemies. Like you know, he's hasn't Craven actually killed one of Spider-Man's like friends? The well, he, there was a story where he actually captures Spider-Man. There's a really good uh, story that Craven's last hunt. I believe is what it is. Oh, that was uh, that's released he, recently, right? No, that's uh, they've no they've they've re they've done homages to it, like Craven's first hunt recently yeah. and other ones like that. Um, but no, yeah, this one was back in like '88, and, and that's back where in Craven black suit Spidey Craven dies right at the end of it. Yes, yes, he okay. captures Spider-Man, and so he's content. Mm-hmm. He can let he can finally die now that you know he's fulfilled his ultimate goal. That's more what I was thinking of. Uh, that I I fucked that up, but yeah, um, I would love to see a Green Goblin, but like I would love to see the MCU do it, and I want to see like rubber mask, you know, Goblin face Green Goblin, not some bullshit snowboard flying, you know, whatever. Or uh, the armors, you know, the armor from Spider Man One, like it, it's a a a piece of the time that it was released, so you know, it, it's it's of the time, and and it was acceptable then, but I I would love to see like an actual green goblin yeah i would love a something more like sinister six ish maybe uh it'd be great to get like a rhino uh you know we could do other things Uh, i guess they kind of did a shocker already in this lineup but uh you know just more more of characters like that uh that'd be fun uh it's weird to think i i know uh Doc Ock would have to be a big one or Green Goblin, but but I, I just really love the B characters in a Spider-Man. Yeah. So I want to see what they bring with that. Keith? Crossover from uh, from Venom. Um, you know, and of course my favorite character of all time, uh, Carnage. Yeah, they set up Carnage at the end of the Venom movie from Sony. I, I mean, it wasn't horrible. It was pretty bad, but that that part was bad. I enjoyed the rest of the movie, but that that, that Easter egg that was, or that, that post credit <laughs> thing was a joke. And Woody Harrelson's such a good actor, and like yes, just let him be bald, dude. Let it like dye his little hair, like whatever's left red, so that you can see he does have red hair, and maybe have like a flashback where you see him with like the kind of curly hair. But that wig was triple T terrible. Yes. Um. How cool would it be, though, you know, getting, uh, you know, Spider-Man fighting Venom because he sees him do something and then all of a sudden they, then they have to team up together to take down Carnage. It would be great to bring uh, Venom from that Sony universe in and have the symbiote latch itself onto Peter after they fight the first time. Right. And then. Yeah. Just get a moment. Yeah. Then you have a little bit of black suit stuff and you see those dark impulses and then. Peter gets rid of Venom, and then you could have Eddie Brock wanting Venom back because, you know, he, he wants that power back or whatever, and that's, like, another conflict, and then you can kind of set up the maximum carnage. You could do that in a pretty, like, half-hour uh, short portion of a movie. You know what I mean? Like, a little subplot. Yeah, if, if they can explain the blip that quick, yeah, you could get a lot of... I, I think that's where we're at with the Marvel movies right now is it's crazy how much like setup you can do and then still go on like a two hour ride. Yeah. We're already all in. That's why. So like they don't need much from us in terms of trust. (laughs) So, but anyways, mirrors, we'll let you go. You can have dinner. I'm sure, you know, uh, Mrs. Mears is home. Uh, Yeah. And, but uh, it's been been great guys. Thanks for having me. I love talking Spider-Man. 
Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We should have you on again. Uh, you know, when you see another movie or if you have anything you want to talk about, just let us know ahead of time. Like this week, it worked out really well. Schedule wise, just let us know if you ever want to pop in or do any kind of guest stuff. Sounds great, guys. And uh, yeah, if you guys want, like I said, you can look up Comic Slobs on Facebook and uh, find us there. We or your it. PSN. <laughs> or, or yeah, on, on PlayStation. Let's play some Red Dead together, guys. Yeah. I'll try it. I, you know, I should. I played it apex this week so i might as well play reddit <laughs> yeah that's gonna be something new to talk about on the podcast let's do it all right, <laughs> all right. thanks man all right. but thank you guys later all right on to stranger things season three uh, this has probably been one of the most talked about uh shows right now uh there's a lot a lot of marketing behind it um it's probably one of the it, I, I'm not going to say probably because I just saw an article that said that this is the most watched uh, YouTube, um, not Netflix. YouTube, Netflix uh, show so far. Yeah, show or movie. It's the most watched anything they've done. It. I don't know about you, man, but uh, from episode one of season three, I've been hooked. Yeah, uh, I was hooked all the way through. So I spent all of 4th of July watching it, the whole 4th of July. Uh, I watched it all in one sitting, and I mean, I just kept wanting more and more and more and more and more. And, you know, I know I already gave out one five out of five. I'm going to go ahead and rate this one now. This is another five out of five. This is, I'm going to give it a five, too, because, again, if I'm going halves, it depends on what type of half. You know what I mean? Like, if, I, if I'm feeling like I'm like a four and a half, right? If it's well, like a four point four that I would round up, I'm gonna round down, right? But if it's a four and a half that like is almost all the way there, right? Like it's my gripes are very small. I'm just gonna give it I, the five. I I have almost no gripes with this. Uh, the continuity's great. The storytelling's great. The juggling of the characters is amazing. Yeah, they did um, a great so job. Be- so let's not get into the details first. Let's talk about it a little bit, um, you know, before we get into the details. Uh, the nostalgia aspect of it is awesome. The uh, the big bad in, in this uh, in this season, um, the, you know, you actually feel scared. You know, it, it, you feel like you're vulnerable. You could attack anyone. Uh, well, and it's, it's cool. They gave it a voice this time. It's it like you know, it's confirmed sentient. Like you know, we knew it was sentient before, and. I, I don't know. If, did Will ever talk as it or anything? I feel like no, he didn't. This is like the first time we got to like hear it say, "I am a thing, and I'm going to do X, Y, Z." You know what I mean? Like, so we don't get Barb in this one, guys. So for <laughs> all you Barb fans out there, there's no Barb. Um, the fact that uh, that they rented out um, and built a mall. Dude, I think it they looks, did that in, in Georgia, right? Yeah, it looks so much like the fashion mall near us, like that closed down. It's like you know that same sort of layout. I mean, they you know, they built a bunch of malls like that, and and our fashion mall down here was three stories, so it, I knew definitely wasn't it. But and the marketing team behind it, uh, working with companies like Mongoose to yep. build a Super Goose, which if you want to buy a Super Goose today, that's like easy a three thousand dollar bike from uh, the eighties. Um, I had one. I actually got hit by a car on one. I wish I still had it today, uh, but I got hit by a car and it was totaled. But uh, Target had had it on sale for two hundred bucks. You could buy the Stranger Things uh, Super Goose, which was Max's bike. It was a yellow one. They never came out with a yellow one. Um, 
you have Polaroid doing a special edition uh, Polaroid and uh, and film collaboration. You got Coca Cola coming out with the new Coke, uh, which is cool. You have Scoops Ahoy pop up shops um, yeah. in uh, L A. Ben and Jerry's have, did it, I think. Yeah, Ben. I think Ben and Jerry's was behind that. Um, then you had the uh, the very small uh, pop up shop uh, Starcourt of America. Um, you know, showing up in LA as well. I mean, there was a lot of marketing done. Um, it, it, it was such a good show. Um, so if Aaron, if you have something you want to cover before we get into spoilers, um, no. we'll try to spoil it for the people who haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I loved it. Go watch it. I mean, if you have Netflix and you haven't seen it, fucking watch it. It's be- like this is up there with season one. I think season one still edges it for me just because it was like a really tight, you know, season because they weren't planning on making the second season be a continuation it, it ended really nicely you know it's like a really nice wrap up this this definitely doesn't end as tightly wrapped it's very like we're having another season 100 percent. you know what i mean yeah it i mean and that's not know, a fault it's, it's if they know then fine it's just it's not as satisfying of an ending but we'll get there I'm sorry. I, I, you know, we're over. We're talking over the internet, so it's hard to to tell when you're jumping in. No, uh, it's so fine. I need it's to fine. step on your toes. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but yeah, you could tell they had a bigger budget in in, in this show. Um, oh yeah, bigger bigger than before. The visual graphics were, you know, outstanding. Um, the special effects were awesome. Um, the characters, the story. Um, it, it, you could tell. That it was definitely bigger budget, uh, you know. All all the stops have been pulled out, and this is a time where like there's a million shows on Netflix right now. I, I would say Netflix pushes more of of their original content and has more original content than ever. Um, and you know, to kind of put it in your face, and at a time where I was kind of burnt out on all the Netflix shows, this you know this of course brings me back in. And yes, it's Stranger Things. But it's still a Netflix show. Dude, I'm so glad they've never changed the opening. I love that music. It's such a perfect... You know, you can skip the opening. I literally never do because it's, what, 10 seconds long or 15 seconds long. It's not worth skipping because that music is so perfect. Um, but yeah, That's I, done by uh, Kyle Dixon and Michael Stein um, from the band Survive. Oh. Um, yeah, so there's an actual like synth band um, after that. So I will say I'm um, with you uh, that they definitely have more budget because the creatures look so good. Like the first season is is great, but you know the Demogorgon definitely doesn't always look like it's physically there. In this, it's believable. Like the I mean, at the fucking end when the the mind flayer is fully physically real, he's thirty feet tall and smashing into walls. Like it has weight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and and um, the the fact that we saw previously uh, in, in previous seasons how big it is, right? Mm-hmm. Overlooking the arcade and you know um, sticking out of the trees, um, it kind of gives you that same feeling. It's definitely smaller than when it was smoke, obviously, because it was just like a like it was like world eating size, you know, but. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's I I yeah, this is a perfect season. 
Like I said, I love- I have maybe a, t- a small gripe or two. Like you have one uh, continuity error <laughs> in a hallway it's- that I totally missed. It's more of an editing error than anything else where, like, uh, during one of the episodes, they're walking down a hall, and uh, and there's, like, a divot. I, I wouldn't, you know, like, in, in, like, a hallway, there's, like, kind of, like, a breakout point where, like, um, it kind of divots in, um, and they're walking down this hall, and you see it, and it's, like, in a point of focus, but they never walk past it, um, and, like, it's, like, scene cut at the scene cut at the scene cut, and each time, they never walk past this, this divot. Now is this um, the whole group like Dustin, Robin? No, uh, it was the Scoop Troops. It was uh, it was Dustin, Robin, uh, the Hair, and uh, Erica. What's his name? Sister. Yeah, Erica. Can't Erica. spell America without Erica. That's true, and she she was probably one of my new favorite Dude, characters. She was a breakout in this. There was a her. So I loved like I loved her character. There was a couple times where she read a little fake, but then they kind of remedy that by Dustin saying like. Oh, you're a nerd. You're really smart. And then you can kind of like be like, okay, the fact that her acting isn't perfect all the time, like she's a little over the top, uh, but because of how young she is, it just feels kind of fake. But then you realize she's super smart and she's just talking like an adult because she's got the brain of an adult, you know? Yeah. She was great. When she could call it Project uh, Child Endangerment, I loved it. <laughs> but it's kind of weird that she wore the uh, knee pad. That she. Well, no. Well,. It's kind of weird that she wore that helmet with the um, the flashlights the whole time. Yeah, safety first, dude. I think it would be it would get in the way, but I I loved the like Russian, you know, like the kind of very uh, Spielbergian Russian Nazi, you know, like not really Nazi, but you know, like the kind of Russian Cold War uh, Red Scare whole situation. There it was really fun. And I love that every single part of the group was all dealing with different giant parts that were all tied together, but that weren't necessarily running at the same time. You know, they were all doing different things that all coalesced together. Could you, like, it's hard to believe that that this was only eight episodes long. Um, yeah. It felt crazy. like a much bigger story, right? It did. Because of the fact that you're running these multiple stories all at different times together. Um, you know, it, it really feels like, you know, this is easy at 10 episode, uh, season. Yeah, it was, I wish it was, I could have done with a little more. I mean, not to say that they, they rushed anything. Nothing felt rushed. Like, you know, none of that. I just, I could have done more cause I loved it. But yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Um, you don't want them to pat it out just for the sake of padding though. You know what I mean? So a couple theories. Of course, right? I'm the theory man. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll name myself the theory man. Um, <laughs> do you think that uh, Hopper, uh, you know, spoiler, spoiler, super spoilers, turn it off now if you haven't seen it. Um, do you think that Hopper uh, lives at the end yeah. or he dies? No, we get the post credit scene and it's kind of hints they call him the American. And then David Harbour apparently came out. I read an article about how he came out and said, yeah, Hopper's still alive. The American they were talking about in Russia is him. Huh. which kind of sucks like you know that kind of takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails there but uh it was sad i i actually teared up when billy died uh max's brother M- more because his his story is like so tragic you know just kind of sad like he just had a shit life and then uh he was abused he became an abuser because you know his father was so shitty to him and then 
his little uh he had like a little bit of a Darth Vader redemption moment and then died but I was more sad just because of Max having to watch that you know like this is her real like first tragedy yeah yeah he he was a great character a great addition coming in on season two uh and it picks up right there um he's also a great villain right yeah um you know you could kind of feel that that like fight scene where uh they're trying to trap him in a steam room um you know i was really hoping that they it, it would have been a switch right yeah and then we we would have got a new villain uh whether that was uh you know um not the mayor but the editor um in his family now but i i really hope that they you know he would have switched so then he you know we could have saw him fight for good um but in the end we did right he was uh he was a little bit of uh the anti-hero uh, for the most of it well stronger th- than st- stronger than uh a demigorgon yeah and stronger than 11 at certain points yeah and they kind of hinted that like he was going to get some of her powers because when he touched her blood his like pupils opened up really hard and i was like oh shit and then like you know is she going to be powerless now like i doubt it but i wish they would i wish the next season would be like her having to be a normal kid and deal with like living the same you know like dealing with whatever the next threat is with all of the kids who are also normal and have you know like kind of realizing that they've been doing this all with zero powers so i mean she she's she says that she's drained or her battery's drained right at the mm-hmm. end of this um we don't really see much powers and you know they kind of say you know it'll come back don't worry don't worry it'll come back um do you think that they're really going to come back i i think so and i bet they come back like right at the moment they need them and uh also super strong like i bet she comes back like extra like with some kind of new power or something you know um if you notice that uh like more towards the end i think this was uh you know the seventh episode where they were in that uh that supermarket where you said that you know billy touched her blood uh did you notice the the spot where she decided to sit down and kind of meditate um in front of was in front of the ego cooler oh no i didn't notice that that's funny (laughs) yeah it was right in front of the ego cooler and you know what um it just like spider-man far from home there's a ton of easter eggs in this show a ton of throwbacks a ton of things that like you know it it'll make you go back and rewatch. uh one of the ones that the writers were uh were egging people on to find um they did like a hunt and said you know in this episode here um there is an easter egg callback and you know find it by the end of the day and you win whatever um that callback was that the science teacher uh, w- has that model of the town, and in there is Beetlejuice. Really? Yeah, yeah. In there, when it's not, it's not Beetlejuice, but it's the grave of Beetlejuice, right? Which is like you know the same callback to actual Beetlejuice. Okay. Which yeah, is a, a yeah. callback to uh, um. Winona Ryder, right? Yeah, she was Delia in Beetlejuice. Yeah. Now, even though Beetlejuice came out later in the 80s, because I think this takes place in 86 no, or 84. It's, it's 85 because Back to the Future is in the theater, and that was 85. Oh, yeah, that's right, because uh, it really hit big in 86. I loved the moment um, where Lucas is talking about New Coke, and he references... First of all, referencing um, the thing is like, you know, uh, 
easy way to my heart where he you know he's talking about remakes and how the thing is a remake of you know the original 60s film or yeah i think it was a 50s or 60s film but even though you know it's a remake the thing from 79 is incredible and is so much better and he's saying like new coke is basically the better version of coke it was just such a fun little scene yeah, and no, just, that, that you know i never tried new coke so i look forward to uh I look forward to trying it um if i could get my hands on one yeah new coke and crystal pepsi were no bueno i wasn't into either one of them i remember when crystal pepsi came out van halen did a song for the commercial do you remember that they would play right now hey, <laughs> there's no tomorrow <laughs> yeah uh and it was like Almost like what Apple commercials ended up being later. It was like just a white screen, and it was just Crystal Pepsi with that song going on. Um, but yeah, do, do you, uh, so like I know we take this all for granted, but you know these are all kids. Uh, yeah, you know these are young adults and kids acting, and it's perfect. I mean they they have such good a- a- acting chops, and you know since the beginning, um, you know Millie Bobby Brown. Um, has landed a bunch of new roles, uh, you know, following Stranger Things. I mean, it really blew up her career. Remember when we went to C2E2 with uh, Comic Slobs a couple of years ago? And she was um, there. And she was there. You know, now they have things like uh, Stranger Con and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, you know, they have their own con. Yeah, uh, I remember we didn't go to her panel, but we wanted to because it was her, Finn Wolfhard, the kid who plays Will, and the kid who plays Lucas. And I, maybe Dustin was there. Caleb uh, McLaughlin, and uh, and you said Dustin. Yeah, I think maybe which Dustin was there. Gotten Matarazzo. I'm butchering his name. Gaten, I think, is his name. Gaten Matarazzo. Um, but yeah, Finn Wolfhard was great in um, It Chapter One as well. But he looks so much older. He's like six feet tall. So, so yeah, than he everybody. looks way different in uh, in he looks way different in It than he does in Stranger Things season two. But everyone, I mean, puberty hit guys. Dude, um, puberty hit hard. It, puberty hit hard in like the this six months since the lot you know where we got left off except for will will still looks like he's eight years old yeah poor will man uh, but he wig. doesn't like if you look at him in real life he he honestly doesn't who who had the bur- the worst wig though uh will his wig was terrible <laughs> whenever you see him from behind it you can tell it's a wig like it's so crazy like from the front you're like okay that's his hair and then you see the back and you're like oh that's a wig that's 100 a wig yeah but uh, yeah, definitely watch it if you haven't. It's a really good season. Season two was also really good, but it had a couple of episodes that were not great. Really just the one episode where it randomly turns into like a punk rock film with uh, Eleven running away. That episode was terrible. Hmm. Um, I'm going to quickly review Midsommar, but I'm not going to go in depth because you haven't seen it and I... It's a movie I don't want to spoil for anybody. Like you gotta you, go in eyes. Before closed. you do that, did you know that Will was Charlie Brown in the Peanuts movie? <laughs> really? The, yeah, before 3D, Stranger Things. Yeah, so. the 3D animated one. Um, uh, the new one, the new Peanuts movie. Yeah, the that was a came out yeah. in 2005, uh, 15. Yeah, uh, I didn't see it. Good grief. Um, <laughs> so Midsommar came out this week too. This was a really good week. Um. It's the follow-up to Hereditary by Ari Aster. He wrote and directed this as well. 
it stars Florence Pugh uh, and then a bunch of other people I don't care about because Florence Pugh was so good. Um, but Will Poulter from Bandersnatch is in it, the computer designer guy, the game designer. Uh, okay. And he was pretty fun in this, but he's kind of a caricature. Of all the characters, he's the only one that didn't feel like necessarily real. Uh, but I loved this movie. Uh, I would say in terms of Ari Aster's uh, portfolio right now of the two features he's made, I think Hereditary still wins out for me. I think Hereditary is a perfect movie. Like that's a movie I gave a five out of five that I would give a hundred out of a hundred. Like even if I could break it down to like a 98, you know, or a 99.5, it is a perfect movie to me. I love that movie. Um, I would say Midsommar, so I give it a 5 out of 5. I would say Midsommar I would give like a 4 out of 5. It's really good. It's very slow. Uh, it's very meticulous uh, in its plotting and its uh, scripting and in the directing. Um, it's less horror-y, like direct horror. It's it's definitely, at first I was saying it wasn't really a horror movie, but then I realized like that's a, a, a an injustice to the horror film. Like that's a, it's almost taking away from horror to say that it can only be these like jump scary, you know, saw jump scary fucking conjuring movies. You know what I mean? Like there's so many types of horror and I definitely think this is a horror movie because there are horrific aspects to it, but it blends so many genres so well. Like it's like, a, you know, it's definitely a what they call a folk horror, I think is what they call it, where it's like uh cults or, you know, like kind of uh, small towny, you know, country horror. Yeah, this is obviously in Sweden, um, but it's it's really well done. It's two and a half hours, so it's it's definitely a movie you have to like kind of buckle in and sit through. Um, but it's beautiful. Uh, it's shot incredibly well. It's edited incredibly well. It's it, it's done. It's it's basically a a five out of five in every aspect, except for I think the story is just a little less intense. Um, but it's just a different thing. Like Hereditary is about uh, a family dealing with grief and just like a family drama. This is a breakup movie that also deals with grief and uh, sort of a fish out of watery type of horror where it's like people in a place they're not familiar with, with customs they're not familiar with, that kind of thing. It's a great movie, though. If you, I mean, John from Friday Night Fandom is in our chat uh, in Snapchat and he hated it. But he also hated Hereditary. He doesn't like slower moving, slower paced films. He hated The mm-hmm. Witch as well, which I also loved. Um, you just have to know going in that this is a very slow paced movie. It's very plotting. Um, but I was enraptured. Like I, I couldn't look away. Uh, so, yeah. um, you kind of don't get what's going on from the trailer i mean you you know you kind of could piece some things together but it, it leaves it wide open for interpretation oh yeah so going into the movie did you know that you're gonna watch one of your favorite movies this summer yeah i mean i knew because it's Ari aster i i mean as much as like i said earlier like jordan peele i went into us thinking it was going to be a lot better than i think i ended up feeling it was i think this is worlds apart from that like i went in thinking it was gonna be great and it was great it's again i would give it a four and a half instead of a four but i'm just i'm on the lower end of that you know what i mean so i'm just rounding down instead of up um because if i were to put them together i think hereditary is just a little bit it's a little bit more 
of a standout on its own. This has a lot of flavors of like this is very similar to the plot of the original Wicker Man, uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, it has a lot of similar plot plot points to that movie and a couple of other kind of folk horror movies. Um, but it is it is a wholly creative uh, film. It's just it has a little bit of similarity, so it's not just not as uh, individual. You know what I mean? It's not as like uh, standout. Whereas Hereditary is its own movie. It really doesn't. You know, it has nods to I guess like a Rosemary's Baby. Uh, but not as not as deep, not as closely tied. All our uh, all, all our film friends on Facebook and stuff gave gave their opinion of it. Um, so uh, like Chris White, um, Jenny Kane, uh, former guest on uh, Yampires, right? Yeah, she was a former um, guest on Nerdporn too, a bunch. Yeah. Um, actually, she, she was on Yampires. She wasn't guest. Yeah, Sorry she was a host. For misspeaking, she was a host. Um, and then, uh, Alex Leone, um, they, they all loved it. Um, I haven't heard someone who really enjoys cinema and film and going to the movies and watching movies, uh, have a bad time with this movie. Yeah. Ari Aster is, I, I was, I was saying like, he's our next Tarantino where I think he's going to, all of his films are going to be his movies. Like, you know, a Tarantino movie is a Tarantino movie. He doesn't adapt. He doesn't do films that are not personal to him i think ari aster i think jordan peele to a, a less like a slightly lesser extent just because i think us is like his first slight misstep it's still a great movie in a lot of ways but i think uh aster's two for two and i, I guess jordan peele's two for two i would go he's like two for he's one and a half for two <laughs> so um aster doesn't have a huge catalog of movies i mean he only has this in hereditary uh and a ton of shorts right yeah he got really famous for a short called the weird thing about the johnsons uh that's about a that's a really there are a reaction the, uh the, str- the strange thing about the Johnsons. yeah the strange thing about the johnson's their reaction clips on youtube that's how that movie got famous is like that movie is about a son who rapes his dad for like 12 years. So um, this, everything he's done so far and directed, he also wrote. Yep. He went to the AFI Conservatory. Uh, so that's the American Film Institute. They're like, I guess, I guess he went to college. I, I think he went to University of California or whatever, you know, like one of the big film schools in, in L.A. And then... The conservatory is like a post-grad program, I think, for like filmmakers. And it's where a lot of really famous people kind of got their chops too. You know, it's like a place to kind of learn that last little bit or get that last little push to become a great, you know, filmmaker. And he, uh, so he had three shorts and then, uh, hereditary. I have, there's Munchausen, the strange thing about the Johnsons. There's another one that I can't remember the name too. So he is the same age as uh, me. He's 32 years old or 33 years old, depending on his birthday. Uh, his first movie that he saw was uh, actually uh, Dick Tracy in 1990. Yeah. And that's a great movie, too. For, like I remember as a kid, I loved it because the, the use of uh, color in that movie is really, really well done. Yeah, but for a four-year-old, I mean, he saw this in the theater. Yeah. Um, because he, IMDb gives a brief story in history, uh, like a trivia point. But uh, the fact that He's writing and directing, um, and in some of his shorts, he even edits. Um, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, 
He is uh, an auteur, as they call it. He's a uh, he. He is the new wave of like filmmakers. You know, like there are people that make movies, like Michael Bay. You can't. You know, he makes movies. You eat popcorn to you. Just in, you sit down and enjoy explosions. And then there's people that make films. And I think we're seeing a, a new renaissance of of filmmakers, which is really cool. Uh, he's younger than me. It makes me feel unsuccessful and like a piece of shit. So. <laughs> Um, when I play with you in Apex Legends, yeah, same thing, exactly the same thing, you piece of garbage. Um, so <laughs> before we go, we do have one uh, email and a new review. So I'll and those. and while you're pulling that up, I'm gonna talk about the news that we got. Um, because I know we didn't get to talk about the news, and uh, the news that we got is all Nintendo. Uh, it's actually only one thing. It's uh, the new Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, I, I really wish I caught Mears on here to talk about because he checked it out too. Um, this is literally a $200 Nintendo Switch that you can't detach the controllers. Uh, you move uh, uh, certain features. Um, it's not really necessary. Um, I'm, I'm going to give this uh, two big old thumbs down. Yeah. Um, because it's not necessary. Um. You know, it comes in three colors, gray, yellow, or teal. Um, and then I did see, we didn't see this today, Aaron, but there is a Pokemon edition in November coming out, of course, right? Ooh, that's kind of dope. Uh, it's a silver one with uh, the buttons are two different colors. And then there's a uh, kind of similar to what they've done in the past, like on the 3DS and the DSi, I believe it was, where they had like the outline of uh, two different Pokemon. Oh, lame. I would have said do one of the controls red, one white, and then in the middle, or like make it basically a Pokeball, you know? Yeah, nope, they didn't do that. Um, they made it uh, themed around the uh, actual Pokemon. Lame. Which are newer Pokemon. Um, but anyway, uh, that's the only news that we got so far. Uh, so far on the, on the hardware side, it's all the same hardware for the most part. It'll run most of the games, except for the ones that you have to detach controllers and use. So, like, a lot of the, like, uh, maybe that's Mario Party or something like that uh, is not usable from just a controller. You'd have to connect, you know, Joy-Con separately, uh, which kind of defeats the purpose, right? Um I don't trust Nintendo's save system uh, to be well enough to travel with a second system. So if you already have a Switch, for the most part, um, you know, most Americans do, uh, if you're a gamer uh, and you love Nintendo, then there's no need for you to buy Switch Lite. Yeah, uh, I think this is for new adopters and it's just for people that want to... I don't know. Play more on the go because I don't even know. Does it dock? It um because you can't detach where, the Joy Cons. So it it looks like it doesn't dock. I mean, you could detect any controllers to it. So I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, for example, I have Joy Cons that I have separately from my system. So if I dock my system, then I could you know use my Joy Cons or controller. You could do all that. They're not taking that away. That's just a Bluetooth. But, but out of the box, you I won't have a controller. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that it doesn't dock, though, uh, because the fact that it the cable is kind of uh, recessed up into the system a little bit on the bottom. Um, so, you know, you would need a new dock if there is a dock, which we didn't see if there's a dock or not. True. But 
they do have the cables that you could connect it to the TV because it's only, uh, you know, USB. So I'm sure they're going to come out with a cabling system. Nintendo is uh, Nintendo. Nintendo is very successful at getting you to spend more money on accessories uh, than on additional games. So yeah. I'm sure that there's going to be a cable that comes out. Yeah. All right, uh, so I'll do our email first. Uh, Arthur Newman writes in Overwatch slash Tates. Uh, so he says, hey, guys, it's been a year since I emailed you. I asked about Tates because I was driving to Miami for a couple days, and it was fucking awesome. Definitely worth the hour drive from Miami Beach. Anyway, heading home, we broke down, and I had to spend a day at the Ford dealership in Melbourne. But Florida people are the nicest, most welcoming people I've ever met. I mean, he was in Melbourne, Florida. so... Yeah, it's not South Florida. But, uh, I mean, he was in Miami, so, you know, maybe they were nice to him there. Uh, I wouldn't think so, because Miami's a weird-ass place. Um, So he says, question. The Overwatch League championships are being held in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center. Hockey and basketball is played there. It's fucking huge. I'm debating getting tickets. I imagine going down, getting wasted, and tailgating for a while, but now I'm not sure if the gaming community is into it. Have you ever been to a gaming event, and what was the crowd like? If the comic slobs are listening, please come back. Oh, shit. I didn't because I don't read these before the episode. That's so funny. Uh, well, Mears will probably be listening because he is on. Uh, so, Mears, please come back. I agree. We'll start a Patreon so we can get you funded. <laughs> We're not even, we don't even have a Patreon, but we'll start one for you. Uh, in terms of events like esports, I have not been to anything for them. Like I've, I've been to BlizzCon in 2007, but that wasn't something you tailgate. You know, it's like a con. I've never been to an esports event. Um, I did want to go to when when they show the Overwatch, uh, you know, matches at the theaters because like certain theaters which would kind of stream it, yeah, and you could watch it and kind of support your team um, in the theaters. But I have been to uh, like gaming competitions. Uh, so like you know, like think of like you bring your laptop or your or your computer, and you know I've been to one of those at the Panthers Arena, uh, which is I forget what it's called now, but it used to be the Bank Atlantic Center. Yeah. Um, and that shit's crazy. That shit's awesome. Um, it's very uh, you get to. You get to meet more people that are into, you know, whether that's the game or, uh, you know, just the overall, uh, you know, category that that you're in. Uh, And in doing that, you learn a lot more tips and tricks, uh, you know, now nowadays, like especially on Overwatch, um, you know, there's a ton of videos and content out there, uh, but it's nothing like, you know, meeting people in person and you know finding tips and tricks you know i i remember going to the arcade and you know playing initial d and you know learning how to drift and you know what's the best techniques and i don't think without actually interacting with other people that i you know i'd be as good as that game as i am now well not now but then yeah i mean i i would love to go to one of those but it's also just seems intense (laughs) Um, I've never been anything that big. I mean, I went to land centers and stuff like that, but I would. Yeah, I've been uh, a land center. Land centers were like another great place to like, you know, meet like-minded people and you know learn stuff about games, or just be annoyed with kids uh, that parents drop them off as uh, babysitting. Yeah, or almost getting fights with people over computers, but uh, that's just me. 
you know what I would do? Check Reddit. See if there's any, you know, like a subreddit for your area or a subreddit for the actual event. And just see if anyone's posting anything, if anyone's got any plans going on. Or if there's like a Facebook event, check if anyone's uh, posting in there about, you know, what they're planning to do. And if if anything, you might even want to just join up and be like, hey, I'm thinking about tailgating before this, you know, do a little, you know, treat this like a real sport and see if anyone wants to go out and just grill a little bit, maybe have a couple beers and go in. Be definitely a, go, though. If, if, if I could, um, I would definitely go. Be a starter. Instead of a follower, dude. Um, all right, so then to end out the show, we have a five star review that came in. It's our fiftieth review. It's from Challenge Fan nine six zero eight one. So thank you for being the fiftieth review. That's really cool. Um, we have no gifts right now. I'm moving, and uh, maybe I'll find something to send you. Uh, heard Aaron on PCL, and by far the best part. Love the chemistry Aaron and Keith have. The weeks are the best part of the podcast. Keep them coming. Appreciate that. I mean. Uh, I enjoy being on PCL because most of my jokes don't land and it makes for really funny uh, <laughs> moments of silence. <laughs> it does. Um, but I'm glad you're, uh, you've come over here now. Uh, you don't ever have to listen to PCL again. They can just, you know, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think their uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home review is as good as ours. So, uh... <laughs> This is like three hours long. Yeah. I mean, really, you, do you need a three-hour podcast to tell you what an awesome movie that was? I mean, come on. Exactly. We just said no, we loved it. those guys are awesome. <laughs> um, well, thanks for listening. This is a two-hour episode with Keith, so that's a special moment. Uh, this is a special moment. And if you like a three-hour e- episode, then uh, don't listen to us. Go listen to Pop Culture Leftovers. Um, go also check out Cinecast uh, while you're at it. Um, the, the leftover army has a you know a large slew of podcasts, uh, as well as uh, go check out a couple of nerds, Blurred RS, Who's Next podcast, who you know Seth Meyers records everything, uh, Shutterbugs podcast, Brute Force and, and Ignorance. Oh my god, I butcher that every single time. It's a tough one, but um, yeah, we thank you again. Go watch everything uh, that we loved, uh, unless you hated Hereditary, then I don't want to hear it when you go see Midsommar. Yep. Um, Aaron, are you going to be streaming at all? Because I know you that you beat um, Bloodstained. Bloodstained. Yeah. I So I only stream on PS4 because PC is too hard and it's annoying. Um, <laughs> maybe if you were listening earlier when Keith said I tried. Uh, oh, no, that was yesterday. Sorry. Whoops. Wrong. Uh, my days are blending together. Keith mentioned yesterday that when I say I try something, I try for like two minutes, and if it doesn't work, I'm out. Work perfectly. If it doesn't work perfectly, then uh, he's gonna shit on it, um, <laughs> which is all true. But, I, but P- streaming on PC is hard. Um, it's not. It's not as out of the box as uh, PS4 and Xbox make it. Yeah, because we. W- I would love for your one of us to stream us playing Apex together. Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, we talk a lot of shit, especially with uh, the crew that we got. Um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to ending this episode so we could go play. So if you guys want to play with us, uh, Aaron is Dumpster Humper. I don't know my name. It's probably Keith McFly. <laughs> it's Keith McFly. Uh, yeah. The greatest movie of all time, uh, created in 85. I made my Origin account a long time ago when I didn't think there was going to be, like, online games to play on here. I, I think I made it to play a Might and Magic game. And so I just made a dumpster humper because I thought it was funny. And then now people call me it in games. And I'm, I keep forgetting it's my fucking name. Now, uh, you were playing with someone called uh, 
jack me off, right? <laughs> yeah. Brian Last and I played night. a ranked match with him, and Brian started the match fight. And I don't know why it made me laugh so hard, but he just said, uh, hey, what's up, jack me off? No, he said, hey, jack me off. And then we just went on that for like the entire match. We just kept talking about him jacking us off. It was great. <laughs> well, we love you. Uh, tune in next week. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about with Jesse, but tune in. And then in two weeks, we'll, I don't know what comes out, but we'll figure it out. We'll announce it then. Maybe we'll stream if we can. Uh, if you see Nerd Porn Live in it, or Nerd Porn Nerds Live, and uh, it says Apex, definitely join because it'll be fun to watch. Keith's gonna in the meantime, check us out on Facebook.com forward slash Nerds Podcast. Uh, same for uh, Twitch and uh, YouTube. And our email is nerdsofpodcast at gmail.com. Please write in. Let us know uh, your your crazy trips to Florida. We love to hear from you. Um, and our Instagram is nerdpodcast. You can message us there, too. I'm trying to post a little bit more, but I don't want to flood you guys with uh, BS. I, I know that you know there's a lot of dogs and cats to view on Instagram, so I don't want to get in the way. Correct. We love you. Goodbye forever. <laughs>